We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Brian, there are six early enrollees on the defense side of the ball. Four of them are on the defensive line. So that's going to be a little bit more of an in-depth conversation. You have Logan Thomas, Cole Mullins, you have Bryce Young, and you have Sean Sevillano, all early enrollees for the Notre Dame class on the defensive side of the ball on the defensive line. It's a very interesting group. It's a very it is a mixture of things to work through here and working through everyone individually. Because there are tools, obviously, to work with here. There are a couple spots that we'll talk about that are a little bit, a little bit loaded as far as the depth at certain spots. Like defensive tackle, for instance, is going to be a pretty quality depth perspective going into the 2024 season that we'll get hit on here. Although, Ryan, yep. with some news that is breaking now, I'm actually working on an article about this. I have confirmed with a source that Gabriel Rubio will not be with the team this spring. Uh, he is not only not with the team, he's not in school. So he is dealing to what uh, I've been told, and this is a direct quote, personal matters. So he is back home uh, dealing with that. So that's one fewer player to deal yep. with. I'm, I'm going to have a story on that here very soon. That's one fewer player to deal with, but it's also an opportunity for some younger players uh, to to have an impact, and including one, and we'll get to this in a second, but Sean Savoyano is – is the is the one guy that's most impacted by that in the freshman class because what Rubio brought you was a big, strong body, 306 pounds, you know, very powerful. And, you know, Donovan Heinisch is is a very good player, but Donovan brings a completely different type of skill set. So it's yep. what I'm referring to, same with Jason Onye, what I'm referring to is who on the roster can replace that beef aspect of what Gabriel Rubio brought to the table this spring. And the first two guys that really pop in my head are Devin Houston and Sean Savoyano, who's an early enrollee and part of this early enrollee class. So that yep. that that's a little bit interesting um, as well, Ryan, when you when you look at that. That actually kind of broke while the show was going on. So I just wanted yep. to, to add that little nugget uh, there as yep. well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, and we can start with the defensive tackle position because I think that's a smooth transition, is that you have front line coming back. Riley Mills and Howard Cross. You mentioned Jason Onye coming back, who played a decent amount in 2023. They also have Donovan Heinish that played a good bit. Devin Houston, Armel Mookum. Even with even if Gabriel Rubio ends up not being with the team in 2024, depending on what happens, still probably pretty quality depth, man. You still have a lot of good-looking bodies in that interior defensive line room. Sean Civilano, though, does bring, and I think that this is where the conversation starts, he brings a completely different body type than what you have in that room right now, though. You have, for the most part, longer guys, a little bit of the bigger frame guys, talking about the Riley Mills of the world, talking about the Jason Onyes of the world, talking about Devin Houston, Armel Mukum, even though to, even to a degree, as far as guys that are a little bit longer, a little bit taller guys. And then you have the maybe slightly undersized guys, the, the quick interior penetrators. That is the Howard crosses. That is the Donovan Heinish. So Sean several, but they don't have anybody that is. And I saw this on the roster that he was listed at like six, one and 320 something pounds. He's a big old boy, man. He's a big old boy. 39. Sean, oh, 339. Or Ryan. Sean right. was That's listed right. at 339. Six, yes. one, yes. 339. Hey that man. Big his boy on, on the national signing day, his he said his coach compared him to uh Cameron Lewis Nick's Irish chocolate. Well, that's some Irish <laughs> chocolate right there, baby. It's 39 yeah. pounds. Yeah, it's a big old boy. That is a big boy. I, I think that the immediacy is that you add uh, you just mentioned Gabriel Rubio not with the team this offseason into the spring, which means one less body that's supplements that body that you lost. And also, it gives you a big rogue raider, big old dude that you don't have a ton of in the room. I mean, your biggest guy outside of them is is who? Riley Mills, who's like what three hundred six, three hundred five, somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, he's a he's a big guy, but he's not like three thirty nine. Is a little bit of a different, uh, a little bit of a different area code <laughs> to, to put it for lack of a better term, right? So you get the immediacy of big boy inside, quality depth in there. And if you've ever talked to Sean Cipollano, 
Ryan, which we've had him on the show a couple of times. It's a confident kid, man. Yep. At worst, talk about at worst this offseason, that kid's going to compete his butt off. He's going to come in every single day. He's going to knock some heads, man. He's not He's not afraid of competition, which you love to see, obviously, at that position. He sh- and the other thing, too, Sean Ryan, you've talked about this. Sean Savalano is strong. I mean, strong. He's going to bring I'm-ready-to-play-right-now attitude and strength. Now, does he have the foot quickness? Does he have the agility? Does he use his hands well enough? Because he's he to me strikes me as a little bit of a shorter limbed guy. I could be wrong on that. He's you know not super long guy. So yeah. hand play, hand techniques gonna be important for the shorter your arms are. To me, the better you have to be a master of your craft because you just can't get away with just like Jason Onye can kind of be sloppy with his technique, but if he can lock out, you, you're not getting on him, right? Sean Savalano has to be a little bit more technically sound. So all those things are going to be question marks. How quickly can he do that? But here's the thing. That's why being an early enrollee for a kid like that is super important. Because you say, hey, he's got to reshape his body. He's got a six-month head start on that because he's an yep. early enrollee. Hey, he's going to have to really enhance his hand play. Cool. They get 15, 14 practices in the spring game to work on that, plus other type of drills. He gets to be around Riley Mills and Howard Cross and guys like that in order to – uh, that can also, I mean, it's not just the 14 practices without Washington and Coach Derrico. It's also you get time spending with Howard Cross and Riley Mills. Like if I'm Sean Civilano, I'm spending every waking second I can picking Howard Cross's brain. Because yeah. if you could ever develop the hand play and, and overall how he plays the game as Howard Cross at your size, you're going to be a dude, you know, as far as just like from a technical standpoint. So those are all things that that for him – being an early enrollee from that standpoint and a body reshaping standpoint, because 339, we laugh about it, but I don't know that he's going to be able to – I mean, I'd like to see a little bit of that come off, to be honest yeah. with you. And, and at least, at least, at least taken off and then supplemented with good weight, right, if that is the body type that he has. Yeah, you know? yeah I, right. I agree. I think Even if he's like 335, just a, a little bit firmer, three, yeah. 335. Yes, yes. And he's a worker, man, so I'm sure that he will do everything it takes in order to take off the weight that he needs to put on the good weight back and to fight for playing time this offseason. So defensive tackle just got a little bit more interesting and interested to see how Sean Civilano works into that this offseason, the rotation, and able to take advantage because, Brian, we're also counting on a couple young guys, right? I mean, Devin Houston, Armand Mukum, only going to be second-year players. If you're them... You need to hold off that young cat because he's coming in and he's going to compete, man. So the depth is, is the depth is going to be very interesting at defensive tackle, especially if they are without Gabriel Rubio in the 2024 season, which is to be determined, obviously. Defensive ends, and I, I guess we can break this up maybe into Viper and a big end conversation because we have a couple guys that are – I'm interested to see the Cole Mullins thing because Cole Mullins, 239 pounds. I think he was listed on the roster. He is the size of a Viper. But he does, I think, kind of work also a a little bit of a big end game to him as far as being a super physical dude, can work through contact, run setter, edge setter. I imagine that he will be with the Vipers early on, especially at that weight, which you would imagine also that him and Logan Thomas will be together. Mm -hmm. And what was the one position, Brian, that we've been talking about that needed to be more productive this this upcoming Mm -hmm. season? You need to find some answers there. It's the Viper position. Big end position in 2024 or 2023? Pretty good, man. Javante John Baptiste yeah. did a lot of good things for you. You had some good rotational players in there. The interior defensive line was fantastic pretty much the entirety of the year. Viper position needs to be more productive. And now you have adding Logan Thomas and hopefully a 
I imagine now a fully healthy Cole Mullins coming off of his injury, the preseason injury this past year. So you're going to have two young cats that are going to be eyeing for playing time, hopefully, at the Viper position. And then obviously with Cole, hopefully he's healthy enough to play this spring. I'm, that's another thing I'm curious about, Ryan. I'm not quite sure where he is on his recovery from the broken leg that he had. But if they could get him in practice, that, like you said, that certainly helps. And, and find figuring out, like, is he a guy that plays one of the two? Or do they try to develop him into a guy that can be a swing? You know, a guy that can do yeah. both. I'm going to be very interested to see that. And then, of course, Logan Thomas. I mean, do, I don't expect either one of those guys to play as rookies just for different reasons. Uh, Cole, because of the the lost year and getting healthy. Logan, because he's – what did they list him as, Ryan? Let me find the roster here real quick. 196. Like 196. Yeah, it was, like, it was yeah. really light. It's like he's going to need time to grow his body, it, it, talented as he is. You know, but again, that's why early and being an early enrollee is so important because you're 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 gonna have an extra six month in the strength program where you're not just having to rely on, okay, well they gave that they sent me the program and now I got to do it. Now you're in that weight room, you're doing the things that that you know with them directly with them that that are really important and it's good for him. You know, can he get up to 215, 220, 25 pounds by the fall? Because he's a guy that Ryan that, that when you look at the body type, you're like, yeah, this guy's not. This guy's not going to play as a freshman. But then you're like, this guy is a freak athlete. Like, did you see that play? Somebody put it on social media. But they ran a sprint out away from him in a game this year, and he sacked the quarterback on a dead sprint from behind. And they yeah. tracked him to like, like some insane miles per hour coming off the edge. Like, this kid is a freak. And the thing yeah. I'm excited about is he proved it at a really high level of football this year. But oh, you he can't had even a watch, great, like, great year. But even still, right, here's what gets me excited. You watch him play, he doesn't have a clue what he's doing still, really, from a technical standpoint. And a lot of it, I mean, he just he's just so much longer and more explosive than anyone else on the field. Imagine what this guy's going to be like when he actually gets coaching. And so for him, getting that 15 practice head start, getting a six-month head start in the weight room is going to determine how quickly he can help you. Because athletically, he can help you right now. Body yeah. type-wise... <laughs> He's gonna need some time. I'm I'm curious to see if either one of those guys, even if they're not, you know, part of the rotation in 2024, if they're not special teams players. Mm -hmm. Because I look at Logan Thomas, Brian. I'm just like pump block, please. Like, yeah, like yes. I look at Cole Mullins and I'm like, why can't he be on every coverage unit? I like him in a straight line, and he's 240 mm -hmm. pounds. Like he can run down and cover a kick, right? He can cover a punt. So I'm very interested to see if Lo either Logan Thomas or or Cole Mullins, if they neither are part of the rotation, if they're a part of the special teams conversation, which mm -hmm. there's going to be several. I mean, even talking about just the full class in general, but like there's going to be some defensive players that I think you're just going to be like, okay, maybe he's not a starter this year, but might just be too good to keep off of special teams, man. Like, I mean, I could see Kingston on special teams. I could see Bodie on special teams. I think I could see Teddy Rezac on special teams. Like I could see a bunch of these guys contribute in that area, which is obviously a deeper part of the conversation. But yeah, I think we're on the same page in the sense that it would be – it's nice to add competition and talent to that room, obviously, because you need to be more productive at Viper in 2024. But I don't think that either one of those players for different reasons. I actually think that Cole Mullins would have been – actually, I, I think that Cole Mullins, if healthy, can potentially help you if you need him in 2024 because he does a lot of the dirty work, a lot of the little things, right? Like technically he's pretty good, and he played on a really in a really good talent-rich area, and he – was very productive there. And I, I think that he, you look at him and say, like, if he could give you five to 10 reps a game, you know, 10 reps a game, 
I think that that's possible there. Logan Thomas is a very interesting commodity because I could see him just year one to year two at Notre Dame just balloon and he's up to like 235 pounds and he's your best pass rusher and you can't keep him off the field. It's going to be fascinating to see what they do with him year one as far as red shirt, not red shirt, play him on all special teams because he's just too athletic to keep off there. Maybe in a couple of the blowouts, you get him in pretty early to just get him some pass rush reps and develop that aspect of his game. I'm very curious to see what they do with with Logan Thomas because I have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, He's yeah. not going to play on a full-time basis at 196 pounds of defense then, obviously. I mean, that's like a no-brainer. But can you find some type of role for him on your team? I mean, he's well, such a good athlete. It's possible. Let me ask you this, Ryan. Like, the yeah. way he runs, if he's just 220, he can't do what Jalen Sneed did and what Maris Leofow did as a pass rusher. Like, that's the thing is, like, if he, he doesn't have to gain a ton of weight to find a role because I would argue – I'd be willing to bet you his 40 time isn't that much different than theirs. From I mean, when you look at his track times and some of the things that we've heard about him and, and what yeah, they've done, he can yep. flat out run, and he's he's really yep. first step explosive, which is important yep. as well. So again, to your point, he's going to need a lot of weight to become a defensive end, a viper, you know what I mean, type of edge player. He doesn't need fifty pounds to become a guy that you're like that's guy's just too explosive not to be on our pump block team. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. to your point, like, okay, he's 220 pounds. You're telling me you can't have that guy sprint right up the middle and jump with his incredibly exactly. long arms and leaping exactly. ability, to, right? Yeah. Uh, you can't have that guy find, like, a third down niche role where he's one of your most he, explosive players. That's the he point. Blocked, he blocked several – he blocked several – and I have something to say in the chat in a couple minutes, by the way. I know we're not supposed to react to the chat, but just some yes. stupidity that's going yeah. on in the chat, which is hilarious. Don't react to it. Don't um, react to it. I'm Don't sorry. I'm sorry, because Deuce Knight didn't have an Alabama offer before before yeah. yesterday. My Listen, bad, guys. I just anyway, said don't react to it. Let's no, stay I'm on sorry. Track. I'm sorry. It's just so dumb. It's just <laughs> this really is why really I tell you to turn the chat off. The I know. Show. I'm sorry. It's you and really, Vince really are incapable of not reacting to the chat. I it's, completely it's, get it's it. Just, it just it doesn't make any sense. But yeah. regardless, yes, I think that there he because he blocked several punts and kicks while yeah. he was in uh, at Paytow and both at St. Edward in in Ohio. He had at least two or three blocks just this year. Mm-hmm. Could he come in and do that? Absolutely. Like he yeah. he could definitely be that niche type of player. There's no doubt about that. And I, I'm that's why I'm curious. I don't know what the year one plan is for Logan Thomas. Do you view him as a kid that? Hey man, like he's probably only gonna be a four year player if he's developed properly. So mm-hmm. let's get him on special teams. Let's get him on the blocks. Right. Let's get. I I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know what Notre Dame's vision but, is necessarily there. But yeah. But Ryan, this spring to the whole point is gonna play a, is gonna have a big role in determining that. If he, you know, it's going to be about him coming in with the proper work ethic, the proper attitude, you know, really attacking the weight room, you know, taking to the coaching. Like this next six months of development is going to go a long way towards determining if the staff is even going to go into the fall, even thinking about him as possibly being a guy that factors into some of those roles. Right. I mean, that's going to be a big key for him is if you're that if if you have if you're that undersized. You got to show him, hey, coach, I, I'll do whatever I need to do. I'll put in the work. And then it's like, hey, we'll find a role for you. Like maybe you're not big enough to be a, a, a first and second down player, but dude, yeah. there's some coverage units we can get you on. There's some pump block things that we can have you do. There's some third down nickel stuff that we can have you do. You know, where like Jalen needs the guy there, but you're our number two. And, yeah. you know, or hey, we're going to put you here in, in the dime package, maybe something where it's more third and 10 or we really don't have to worry about your size. So 
that's going to be determined not in August, in my opinion, Ryan, because I don't think I think if, if Logan doesn't have a good spring semesters early enrollee, I, I that may put him too far behind to really make the splash. He'd have to make an even bigger splash in the fall. I think this is going to be a very important time for him, in my opinion. Yep, it is. And I think it's going to be a very important time for Bryce Young at the big end position, at the field end position. Because, Brian, I think that Big End's really interesting right now, right? Because there are some several bodies there right now that I'm really excited about. But you are losing a decent amount of production from there, a lot of production from there, actually. You're losing Javante Jean-Baptiste. Obviously, Nano Safa Mensa transfers to TCU this offseason as well. The Big End position is in a state of flux in the sense that there's going to be a different rotation than last year. It's a lot of big-time talent, man. I mean, they got R.J. Oban out, out of, from Duke as a graduate transfer. There's guys like Tyson Ford and Brendan Vernon and some uh, Jordan Patel. Um, I'm sorry, Joshua Burnham potentially playing a little bit big end as well moving forward. You got a lot of bodies, but I would say this: if every one of them hit their ceiling of the in the big end room right now, there might not be a one that hits hits higher than what Bryce Young hit, hit, could potentially bring to the table. So my my question is: is that for, forget about this the offseason in general? Like. Could Bryce Young just be too good to keep off the field at six right. foot six plus and 245 pounds with the talent he has? I mean, could he be too tough yeah. to be too good? Well, it's a it's a very the timing is also interesting, Ryan, because he's walking into a situation where he's gonna have a chance to earn playing time because you don't have anything proven there at all. I mean, the only thing you have proven there at that field in position is a guy that's never played it down for your football team. It's it's RJ Open and what he did at Duke. It's, and they're going to use him very differently than how RJ played at Duke. Now, I think he's going to make a smooth transition and be fine. You're moving Josh Burner most likely over there. And, you know, but but again, I, I'd still like to see Josh play a little bit of both, to be honest with you, because I'm not I'm not sold enough on the other Vipers to be like, let's move Josh Burnham to be a full-time, you know, defensive end. Yeah, right. But it, what you do with him can largely be determined. And and look, there's some things R.J. Oban could do as the Viper. Sure. I mean, when you look at how Jordan Patel played last year, now Isaiah Foskey I, I think played. He's, I, I think he's interchangeable at the Viper yeah. position. I think he played Viper or Big Ends. Yep, agreed. But you can't have those guys be interchangeable if you only have two of them at that position. They're going to have right. to focus on that position. That's where a guy like a Bryce Young, and, and obviously there's others that are on the roster, but we're focusing on the early enrollee class. That's where a guy like Bryce Young could help. He yep. need, you saw it, Ryan. I mean, two things that I think you saw from the video you sent me. Number one, Bryce Young has the size, natural pop, and athleticism to be a, a dude at Notre Dame and a guy that can help you right now. Two, yep. Bryce Young still needs a lot of development in certain areas to be ready to sure. play if you're going to go beat a Texas A&M with him, a Florida State with him, a Georgia with him, an Alabama with him, a Texas with him, right? And sure. so that's why, again, why being an early is so huge because yep. he's going to get a six-month head start on the physical. I mean, could you imagine if they can put like 10, 15 pounds on that kid over the next eight months? It's could possible, you imagine yeah. if like he can just get a little bit more juice off that first step? And, and, and that could not even be from a strength program. That could just be getting into a better stance and start situation. You know what I mean? And, and you know, if he starts using his hands even more effectively than he did, I mean, he made a huge jump from junior to senior year. Yeah. And if he can make another one. That's where it's like, boy, you get a kid like that in early, man. Yes, you you can be make an impact as not as not being an early enrollee. I mean, we've seen that. Benjamin Morrison wasn't an early enrollee, and he was a freshman All-American. But when you can get a guy in early like Bryce Young, it's huge because you right. get so much more time to work with him, develop him, 
have him get acclimated to the academic situation, have him get acclimated to your strength conditioning program, having him get acclimated to how your practice structure is. So that way he's not having to worry. But that first week of fall camp, because you know how it is with freshmen, Ryan, that first week of fall camp, you're just like, dude, I'm trying to figure out where I got to line up and stretch. During headlights. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now you get that out of the way in March. And now when you get to the fall, it's like, okay, here's what we do. Here's what this means. Here's the tempo. Here's what this is. This is how we, this is how we roll at Notre Dame. And for a guy like Bryce Young, I, I, I would argue that nobody on the, arguably, arguably, nobody on the Notre Dame defense is going to benefit more from being an early enrollee. Because like Kingston, to me, is the kind of guy that could show up in July and still play as a freshman. Yeah. You know sure. what I mean? Because he's so advanced. Bryce, to me, is a guy that could go from maybe not play a whole lot to dude, he's playing for you because of that advanced work he's going to get right. now in so many ways. So I think this period is going to be huge for him. And it's huge for the the defensive end depth chart because, to your point, if Bryce is like re- Bryce is ready to play right now, maybe yeah. now you could say, hey, we're going to let RJ play a little bit of both. We're going to let Josh Burnham play a little bit of both because now we've got 15 to 20 snaps that we can occupy with somebody else who fits that body type more maybe than those other two guys do because of the incredible length that he brings to the table. So that, that, that to me is, is where him, him coming in early is going to be huge for him. If that results in sort of a a breakout being ready early, that then impacts the entire edge depth chart to me, Ryan. And that's, that's where he can have a huge, huge impact on this football team. And not just as a niche guy, but a downs one and two guy like Logan Thomas, like, you know, can he, can he find a niche special teams role as a freshman? With Bryce, it's like, can this guy become a regular as a right. freshman? And the spring right. is going to give him a chance to to show to, to learn enough to where maybe in the fall he could become that kind of guy. Well, my prediction is that he does. I, I think that Bryce Young is going to be hard to keep off the field. I think that he is going to play a lot of football because I think the key things here, Brian, is that we already talked about it a ton. You can't teach the size and athleticism he has. I think the most impressive part about him is that he's not just not he's not just a linear player either, right? Working in a straight line. Some of the bend that he was able to show me in San Antonio is like, dude, it's just not natural that a guy as big as he is and as high cut as he is, as tall as he is, is able to drop his hips and turn a corner the way that Bryce Young is able to do, man. It's it's pretty special. But the other thing that I thought was the most impressive part of him in San Antonio is as he's working through these drills and he's learning new techniques with hand usage and everything. He is one of the one or two players in the defensive line group for the East that was off to the side working on his hands in between drills. And that stuff matters to me, man, because there's some guys that are the son of an NFL Hall of Famer that might be a little bit entitled, might feel like they don't have to work. They're just physically gifted. They can just go through the motions and they'll play. Bryce Young strikes me as a kid just by observing him just off to the side. Because what's what's the saying, Brian? Like you, you show what type of worker you are when people aren't watching you, right? Like when, when, when no eyes are on you, nobody was watching him off to the side near the goalpost work on his hands. Little did he know that someone was actually watching him. And I saw him and I'm just like, that kid wants to be great. That kid wants to be really good. I don't think that that kid just wants to coast off of his father. Like it's, this isn't a nepotism thing. Like I think that he truly wants to be great. And I, so I think that this offseason is going to be big for, variety of reasons you hit on most of them is that he is going to develop physically and get bigger faster stronger 
I also think that he's going to take to coaching. Everything that Coach Wash and every of the other defensive line assistants there, the graduate assistants, everything they say, he's going to listen to, man. And I think that he is going to try to, to put that into his game, and he's going to try to de- become a more well-rounded football player. So prediction, not a super hot take because literally we just had a service rank him as a top 25 player and a five-star recruit. Right. right, is that I think Bryce Young plays a lot in 2024, and yeah. he ends up being a main, one of the main uh, rotational players at big ends, and maybe starts at some point this year. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. So defensive line, moving back to line because this one's going to be a much shorter conversation because we got linebacker and we got one safety. That's all we got. Four out of the six on the defense side of the ball are on the defensive line, which was the bulk of the conversation. Linebacker, really interesting one. Because I think this is probably one of the ones that you look at and say, maybe best case to early playing time is Kingston Villamoasa. And not necessarily because the linebacker room is in a bad situation. It's not in a bad situation. There's a lot of talent in the linebacker room. You have an inside linebacker, assuming that Jack Kaiser does transition to Will full-time. You have the veteran there. But then you still have Drake Bowen. You still have Jade Nosberry. You have Preston Zinter. There's a lot of young talent in that linebacker room, man. A whole lot. But Kingston Villamoasa, again, might just be too good to keep off the field. I mean, it's possible. He is that type of dude. And I'm interested to see just how quickly. Well, I think he's going to acclimate to everything pretty quickly. But how open of a competition this is this offseason. Because if this is truly an open competition, I think Kingston has every variable that you look like to say he can compete to potentially playing a big role at Mike linebacker or it will linebacker inside linebacker either in 2024. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the fact that he could play either adds to that, Ryan, it only, if, if he was like just a Mike and Drake bone comes out and has like a monster sophomore seat, you know, off season. And it's like, man, we can't justify taking Drake off the field. I mean, he, he's got the defense yeah. locked down. He's a leader. He's a playmaker. And it's like, you know, we, we'll rotate Kingston in, but that that's all he is. The fact is, is both Drake and Kingston, but especially Kingston at, at this point, to me, can play both. Yep. If Drake Bowen and Kingston Villiama Asa are your two best linebackers, you can play them together. Same thing if it's him and Jalen Sneed or him and you know, either one of them and Jalen Sneed or either one of them and Jaden Allsbury. Like, there's a lot of – there's there's not like a – you're a pure Mike. I think Drake is getting close to that with his size because he's listed on like 244 now. Big and boy, he, man. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a thick kid. You know, he might be a little bit more gotta play Mike, but then Kingston can kind of move over to Will. And I think the thing about Kingston is that impressed me more than anything this season, Ryan. I mean, yeah, he got a little bit quicker and and a little bit more explosive because he was a year removed from the injury and all that kind of stuff, or another year removed. He was a lot better in coverage, both man and zone coverage, than I thought he was going to be. Because again, let's be honest, you make first impressions on people, right? And when you see a kid that that is a Polynesian kid that's as big as Kingston in is, you're gonna make kind of you think you think Manti, you think Kingston Viliama Asa, I mean, uh, excuse me, Junior Talit to Alamaka, you think that type of player, Ray Maliga. Yeah, yeah, but this yeah. is a smooth, yeah. rangy, athletic, instinctive kid, and you watch him drop into coverage. And I think quarterbacks this year made the same mistake that you know maybe I did when I first evaluated him, which is this guy's not going to jump underneath this in cut. And then he does and he picks it off or breaks it up or whatever. So that's yeah. something to me that, that is why I see Kingston being able to play will is because he is rangy, a lot ranger than you'd think. Yeah. If you just kind of go off the body yeah. type and the, in, you know, his, 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 what people of his ethnic background tend to grow into 
in college, you know, yeah. like man ties and guys like they get like 250 and they blow up in their thumpers. He can be that, but this kid's yeah. got a little this kid, this kid and Manti have very similar juice coming out of high school. Because people forget Manti could really run coming out of high school. He was like 225, 230. Manti put a ton of weight on his first couple yeah. years in Notre Dame. And he lost a little bit, he lost a little bit of that juice. I don't think they're gonna do that to Kingston. No. You know, and and so he could play that will position effectively. And, and to your point, Ryan, I'm not as ready to say he's going to play as a fresh start as a freshman because there is a lot of talent there. I mean, Jaden Osbury was a four and a half star player for me last year, top 50 guy. Drake Bone was a top 100 guy for me last year. Like these guys are really talented players as well. And they have a year in the system. And I also graded Preston Zinter out as a four star last year. Plus, you have Jalen Sneed and you have Jack Kaiser. So it's not going to be easy. And that just speaks volumes to how well they've recruited this position in recent years. You can lose a Nolan Ziegler. You can move Josh Burnham and Junior Tillamaka to defensive end and still be like, yeah, Kingston's going to have to earn his way on the field. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and But to your point, though, Ryan, he's kind of got the talent where it's going to be – I have a hard time not seeing it. And because it's such a young group, I think there's merit to saying, hey, we are going to maybe play more guys. We're not going to put all that burden on Drake. We're going to have Drake and Kingston handle that. And then they can kind of lift each other up. And maybe sometimes against certain teams, they play together. We're not going to put all the burden on Jalen Sneed. We're going to also be using Jaden Osbury. We're not going to put all the burden on Jack Kaiser physically to play inside all the time. We're going to use these. And so I'm curious to see if Al Golden is going to be more willing to, uh, or whoever the D coordinator, linebacker coach, and all that is this spring, are they going to be more willing to use more depth than they did last year? Like, honestly – Two years ago, I didn't think they did enough rotating. Last year, I kind of understood it because you had yeah. really good fifth-year guys and then freshmen. Sure. And it's kind of like, do you really want to justify taking J.D. Bertrand off the field against Ohio State to put in Drake Bowen? I don't know that I'm ready to do that yet. I think they missed an opportunity against Central Michigan, but you get my point, right? This year, it's more of like A&M, Florida State, all of it. Play all of them. Play five, six guys at linebacker in some, some certain types of role. Maybe this guy's role is – you're our third down guy. You're our base defense guy. You're our nickel package guy to where they have very specific responsibilities, but you're getting them all playing time. I, I would like to see them do more of that, but how Kingston develops this offseason or how quickly he gets comfortable is going to play a role in that. And then if he transitions as quickly as you and I think he is, Ryan, you know, hey, Jalen Sneed, Jaden Osbury, Drake Bowen, Preston Zinner, Jack Kaiser, you guys better bring it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to find yourselves getting passed up. And again, that just goes back to the original part of the conversation, Brian. When you're bringing in dudes like this, RJ Oban can't take a day off. Josh Burnham can't take a day off. Drake Bowen can't take a day off. Jaden Osbury can't take a day off. Jack Kaiser can't take a day off because there are some dudes battling for your job. And if you take a day off, you may find yourself that may be the day that they pass you up. And that that yeah. that makes a football team better, in my opinion. Well, we talked about it with the 2023 class a lot. There were a lot of guys in that class that you looked at and said, that guy came from a great program, played against great competition, and no moment was too big for them. I mean, guys like Jaden Greathouse were in that conversation. Rico Flores, Cooper Flanagan was another one, playing at De La Salle. Like, he played against some great competition, and it, it, was, it wasn't totally shocking to me. I know we talked about it beforehand that Cooper Flanagan at points developed into a key role player at tight end for Notre Dame like that because he was he was ready for that moment Kingston is another one of those examples playing at St. John Bosco 
who was the national champs two years ago, was very good again this year, although lost the playoffs to modern day. He played a national schedule at St. John Bosco. Wasn't just playing the best teams in California, which he was. Was also traveling to Hawaii, down to Florida, to play St. Francis Academy in Maryland. Like He was traveling all over the place. So travel, expectation, big games, that stuff's not going to matter to Kingston. So I think that that just adds to the, uh, the potential for him to to earn reps early on in his career. But this offseason is going to be absolutely massive because there is a lot of talent that he's going to have to fend off and to get past, overtake. To your point, Ryan, the uh, first game he plays at Notre Dame is going to be a nationally televised game. That will not be Kingston's Billy Amaasa's first nationally televised football game he's going to play in. You know what I mean? It's not even the second nationally televised game that Kingston or, is going to play or, in. Or, or a plane <laughs> ride that he's taking to go right. play a football game. Like, right. All right, cool, exactly. let's go. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. yeah. to, to your point, last year they did – they did play at St. at St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale. They did fly out yep. to to California and played Kahuku last season. You know they they did Why? they did all those things. They traveled all over the place, and uh, you know beat Modern Day in the regular season, lost to Modern Day in the state championship game. So to your point, you know this is a kid that's that's played all over the place and has is is and it's one of the advantages of of bringing in a kid like that. To be honest with you, Ryan, is because the moment. The moment's not going to be too big for him. To your to your point, and you know those are all things that you, I mean that, that those are all things that you want to be as a football program. That last year they traveled out to uh, to Oregon or played a team. Yeah, traveled out to Oregon to play a team uh, from I believe up in Portland area, uh, Central Catholic. Yeah. So uh, the the moment, like you said, the moment's not going to be too big for him because if it was, we would have already known. We've already seen that. And if you if you evaluated Kingston at all in his career, those are the moments where he was usually at his best. And the yep. kid caught a touchdown pass on offense against Modern Day in the regular season. You know, I mean, the playoffs. It was in the playoffs. It was, it was a playoff game. Okay, yeah, it was a playoff game. So, that so was, that was their was only one score. Of their few scores. Yeah, yeah I think it was, <laughs> was like thirty-five seven. So that was their only score. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that you don't only have to be from that kind of school. To be great, Golden Tate came from a, a nowhere school like that didn't play anybody at the time. I mean, if you watch the if you watch Golden uh, Tate's highlight film, you're like that guy's playing against like midget football guys. And I I don't know what do they call midget football now. When I was a kid, it was called midget football, like little Pee-wee? kid football, pee wee football, Pee-wee? whatever, yeah. pop Warner, whatever the case, whatever it's called. Like he was playing against guys like I wouldn't recruit to D three schools. I mean, I just some guys are that way. You can still be great at that, but it it right. just it helps with the. Where, where playing against a competition he plays with more than anything, Ryan, is it helps with the transition for kids, I think, when you play that type of competition. Because you have played in, in front of big crowds. You have traveled all over. You have played on national TV. And, um, you know, Kingston's going to be ready to, to, to do that, in my opinion. Then, There's no question. And, and then he went to San Antonio, and by the second practice, he was the leader of that team, right. which, again, makes no mistake. And then they, West won that game for what that's worth as well, and – Kingston was a big part of that victory, obviously. So he just spent yes. the whole game in the backfield. It seemed like it was he's nuts, ridiculous. He's nuts. Yeah, he's he's one of the most instinctive players I've ever seen on mm-hmm. the high school level. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, honestly, he's more instinctive than a lot of college linebackers. I'm evaluating for the NFL yeah. draft. Like he just sees the game in an advanced level. Last player defensively that will be an early enrollee, safety Kennedy Erlacher out of Chandler High School in the state of Arizona. This will be an interesting one, Brian. 
I personally didn't think that Kennedy took the step forward as a senior that I wanted to, but I, he is coming into a situation where safety is a major question mark after, mm-hmm. out of his, after his Xavier Watts, as far as the depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, they obviously landed a grad transfer safety. They have a couple young guys in a Don Schuler, Ben Minnick, who are, you know, very talented football players on the come up, but Kenny Erlacher has an interesting opportunity to maybe fight for reps in what is a, a, still up in the air safety rotation right now in 2024. Mm-hmm. The big thing for me with Kennedy is to your point, Ryan, I, I don't know that I didn't see him make a jump or not. I just didn't see a lot of him as a senior. There just wasn't a lot of film for me to evaluate. And the film that I did see was like 99.9% him playing the run and just thumping somebody. It's like every highlight that he had was the same. It was him coming downhill and thumping somebody. It's like, can yep. he play off the hash? I don't know. I didn't really see him do that a whole lot. Can he play man coverage? I don't know. I haven't seen him do that a whole lot. So I think for him, the biggest the biggest benefit is just going to be getting into the system and learning it and us getting a chance to see him flip his hips. I mean, yep. can you count on – do you need more than one hand to count the number of times we've seen Kennedy Herlacher flip his hips and run vertically? Probably not. Him, I've seen him <laughs> make like three highlights of pass breakups in my That's it. two years. So, because of yeah. how they used him. So – you know, those are things that we're going to find out a lot about him. Is he is he is he who we think he is? And you and I have variant variances on that. Or does he show us something that maybe we didn't see? Because I don't I don't like I think Kennedy is going to be a guy that day one, Marty Biagi is just going to kind of gravitate his eyes to him for exactly sure. the thing that we are talking about. The one thing we know that kid can do is fly downhill and smash people. Like, that's the one thing we know he can do. So kickoff coverage, punt coverage, things like that. Can he play – can he effectively read routes and jump routes and anticipate routes and 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 take proper angles over the top to, 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 to play cover two or single high? Or can he take proper routes getting underneath an out cut? Or can he take the proper route to, to jump an in cut or, and, and an over route, things like that? I have no idea. No idea. And this spring is going to be a great opportunity for that. The, the thing that I like, Ryan, is I do think this kid's physical, and I think he's he can run. And he's going to play for a guy that I think has proven himself to be a pretty darn good technical coach at the college level already in Chris O'Leary. So we're going to get a chance to see kind of what he's made of pretty early on. And, I, I mean, he's probably the biggest unknown for me in this class just because yeah. of how little senior film I got a chance to see of him. And so he's probably the guy that I also – probably took the biggest gamble on with my grade because there was a lot of projection to my grade of him because of, well, I think because he did this, he can do this. I didn't see him do it, you know? And so um, we're, he's, he's probably the biggest enigma for me of all the early enrollees just as I don't know what to expect from Kennedy or lacquer, but the DNA is good. He can run and he can hit. That's what we know outside of that. We'll see. Here's yep. the one thing I can promise you about Kennedy Erlacher and his Notre Dame career if he stays at Notre Dame for four years. And that's true for every kid. Whoever the special teams coach is is going to love him. Sure. That's that's something I feel we can feel confident in. Is he going to be a guy that can help with safety? I think he's got some tools to work with, but honestly, that's a major projection because we just haven't yep. seen him do a whole lot besides run and hit. And you have to do a lot more than that at Notre Dame to be able to, be able to play. Uh, but but I, I do think there's definitely some tools to work with that I like. There there are. Yeah. Yep. There are. There's some tools for sure. I think that you hit on it. I think special teams value at least. And that's why you're always okay with taking a kid like that, you know, every so often or every year, pretty much for the most part, is that 
you need guys that can be stalwarts on special teams. You need guys that are able to make an impact there. And if you've seen Kenny Urlacher's film over the last two years, you know that that kid will hit anything that moves. He is a very physical football player. So interested to see how, if he's able to crack safety rotation early, he's just a special teamer. If he's a redshirt candidate, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the year one impact will be from Kennedy, but it'll be very interesting to watch. Folks, that is your early enrollees for the 2024 class. Can I ask you a question, Ryan, before we move on to the mailbag real quick? Sure. Can you give me a guy, because I thought this was interesting. Can you give me a guy on both sides of the ball that didn't enroll early that you really wished would have enrolled early? Because I have an easy one for me on both sides. I have one guy on both sides of the ball. I mean, I really wish that guy was an early enrollee, but I want to hear yours first. Sure. Just one guy on each side that you're like, man, I really, really, really wish that guy was able to be an early enrollee. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Gerby Lambert on the offensive side of the football Same. to maybe potentially fight for right tackle reps. And then on, on defense, Bronte Johnson for Same. the physical development yep. side of things. Yep. Yeah. Same, yep. same page. Yep. I was yep. wondering if we we're going to be on the same. I mean, there aren't a whole lot of options. <laughs> There's only right. like eight guys that aren't early enrollees, exactly. but those are two guys that I felt could have maybe pushed for legitimate playing time. And in Gerby's case, potentially starting job if they were, I mean, they still might. But the other thing too, is I wanted Bronte to get acclimated academically for a semester, and I wanted mm-hmm. him to be able with the Notre Dame medical team to recover from that that shoulder. But he's another guy that I really felt could have really used a like more than Carson, more than Leonard, more than Bodie, yeah. more than all those guys. He's a guy that could really and the depth chart could have really used a guy like him for the spring as Agreed. well. So, yep, same Agreed. page. We're on the same page there. You can wrap it up now. I just was really curious about your opinion on that one. You know, like Pretty who good. would you yeah. really wish could have been here? Folks, that's the early enrollee class for the 2024 Notre Dame recruiting class. We're going to move into a quick mailbag uh, next. If Before we do, if you all could just hit that like button for me, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Hit that notification bell if you're listening to us on YouTube. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, please, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. Subscriptions as well, wherever you listen to a podcast. And we'll catch you on the mailbag section here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.